Welcome to the Rain in Threes podcast with Alan Ray and Mike O'Connell. Hello and welcome to the 15th installment of Rain in Threes. I am your host, Mike O'Connell, here with my friend and co-host, the Nova Hoops legend, Alan Ray. Hey, Ray and I have another special guest for you guys today, and that is the former Villanova head coach and now CBS Sports Analyst, Coach Steve Lapis. Coach Lapis, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great, but it's it's a pleasure being on with you guys. You know, I, obviously I watched A-Ray uh, his four years at Villanova. Too bad I didn't have a guy like him too, I can tell you that. But, uh, you know, it's a pleasure being with you guys. What's up, Coach? Everything's good. Good having you on with us. Um, definitely looking forward to chopping it up with you. Um, talk about some some memories and uh some some old Villanova nuggets that you that you can give us. <laughs> yeah, it's uh seriously coach, thank you so much for for taking the time to join us. Uh we're we're just getting started here on Rain and Threes. We're excited for the basketball season for both the Big East and for Villanova. I think it's an exciting time. Coach Neptune finally got some recruits this past week. We saw the blue and white scrimmage and I think everybody is uh, really feeling the basketball mentality now about a month away from from the season. Can you give us uh, some of your takes uh, takeaways from the Big East and how it's going to look when it comes to uh, you know January when, when these guys started going at it? Well, I think you have four or five really good teams in the Big East, and I'm obviously throwing Villanova in there. You know, let's understand this about Villanova. They, they had some bum luck last year when you think about it. You know, the Cam Whitmore injury really hurt for that kid to be sitting out for six weeks and he basically because I talked to Kyle about this he basically comes back after two days of of practice and plays in the Wells Fargo Center against Oklahoma as a freshman I don't care how good you are obviously he's a tremendously talented kid as he showed at the NBA Summer League Mm -hmm. but you know to get kids into the flow as freshmen is difficult so they kind of were behind the eight ball in many ways as soon as the season started and then, uh, you know, Armstrong, I don't think, he, even though I saw glimpses of him being really good and he had a very good summer this past summer, he wasn't ready to really assume the big role. So, and then you had, obviously, Justin Moore being out for half the year. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they really had, they had about as bad a luck last year as I think you could find it out. Villanova's had a lot of good luck in the last <laughs> 15, 20 years, too. Let me say that. But they had some bum luck last year. But. I think Villanova's going to be up there. And let's face it, Marquette, you got to probably say they're the odds-on favorite coming in. Uh, they lost Prosper, who they thought was going to come back, who the NBA loves, and I loved him last year when I saw him. But when you look at what they've got back, Shaka's done a tremendous job. Really, really good. And he kind of, Allen does it the old school way. He doesn't, even though Tyler Kolick was a transfer, he kind of doesn't do the transfer portal that much. And he kind of builds it. So, you know, you have Villanova, you got uh, uh, Marquette, you got Creighton, that's very good. And then you got, you know, let's face it, St. John's with with, with Rick Pitino there, you know, the guy doesn't lose. I, I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind a game in Arthur Ashe Stadium. I, I would yeah. go there to see that. That's That would be right. big. Against that would, Duke. That would yeah. be unbelievable. And, Only you know, Rick Pitino. And you know what, uh, Alan, when, when they hired, when that job was open, mm-hmm. I was like, there's only one guy who is a guarantee to win. Now, I'm very good friends with Ed Cooley. So I think Ed Cooley is a tremendous coach. Yeah. 
Would I say he's a hundred percent guaranteed going to win at Georgetown? I think he's I think he's going to. Well, Rick Patino, I think he's a hundred percent guaranteed going to win at St. John's because of the tremendous track record and who he is. And I'm not I love Ed Cooley's one of my best friends. But when they hired him at St. John's, it was a no brainer. Yeah. Speaking about last year, um, and then going into this year, do you think that had any impact on recruiting um, this year? You know, we we got some recruits now, but it kind of went further into the fall season. You know, didn't get anything in the summertime. Do you think that kind of had a little bit effect last year's play effect on on now? Let's face it. You're Kyle Neptune. You're in your. I mean, yes, you had that one year at Fordham, but you're you're replacing Jay Wright at Villanova, and you know. That's not easy. That 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 was that's a harder thing. In a lot of ways, in some ways, it's easier to replace Jetski down there than it was to replace Jay here. Especially for a guy who was only a head coach one year at Ford. He had a great year there, but you know they had a 500 record, so it's easy in recruiting. And you know people do take shots at you. It's easy in recruiting this day and who kid. Hey, guess what? That's not Jay right there anymore. That's Kyle Neptune, who doesn't really have a track record. So that makes it hard. Then you have a year like last year where I said they had a lot of bad luck, and that makes it a little bit harder. So I think Kyle's going to be terrific. I think he's a terrific coach, and he's going to do it. But let's face it, you know, when you, you've won two national championships and you've been to the Final Four a bunch of times and you're in the Naismith Hall of Fame, and now you're coming in as a guy who's coached one year at Fordham, it's not easy. Yeah. But in time, Kyle Neptune will do great. And that's why I'm so happy he got Bamba, and he got Akeem Hart. I mean, you throw Dixon in there, you throw Justin Moore in there, hey, guess what? That's a really, really good team that he's got a chance to have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I think that was one of the points that was missed so much last year. Um, people didn't take into account the injuries that, that went on in the beginning of the year. Um, didn't take into account, you know, this is a big coaching change. You know, you're replacing Jay Wright. It's not like you're just replacing any old Joe Schmo at a university. So I think that got overlooked a lot. And um, this year with the new acquisitions that they got, and especially what they're doing in the front office with the general manager position, um, there's a lot of guys from my class that signed, that's um, back there helping out coaching. So I think Villanova is moving in, in the right direction. They got hit hard last year. You know, but uh, we're back on our feet. That's how I feel. I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, let's face it. People were, you know, one thing about college basketball, when when when, when you when you get down, people want to keep you down. Yeah. And, you know, so people were looking to step on after all those years of building over doing what they did. So, and plus, plus, not only that, but even though Kyle was there and Jay wasn't, when they come into somebody else's building, Still Villanova, so you got to take everybody's best shot on top of it. So here you got injuries, here you got a new coach, and here you got your Villanova, where you know the name on the jersey is going to cause a lot of excitement in a lot of buildings around the league. So you know you got to not only do you have to go play other people, but you got to play them when the fans are going crazy because they want to beat you so bad. So it was a lot of things you throw it all together, but it all starts with players. And if you got players injured, you got a problem. I say that all the time. I don't care how good the coach is. Like the coach needs players in order, like, to be successful. You know, 
You know, everybody thought, Alan, that, you know, Jay had these guys. Yeah, and they were, a lot of them weren't high-level recruits. Josh Hart was not a high-level recruit. Bridges was not a high-level recruit. Mm -hmm. But how about this? All those guys not only are in the NBA, but they're good pros. They're all really <laughs> legitimate starting NBA players. So Jay had really good players, but he took advantage of it, and he won with them. But he yeah. had good players. I feel like Villanova sometimes – it's like a, a a good farm system for like the NBA. Like if if you wanted to have Villanova, like the way they 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 run their program, how they develop people, it's it's like a really good farm system that prepares these guys for the for the next level. I don't think there's any question. I think you know you, you just take a look at at uh, you know you got a guy like Tom Thibodeau, who was a really a taskmaster as a coach, a very much an X and O guy, and he's got. The Villanova guys all over the place, you know. Even Arch, yeah, is yeah. even Arch is there now. You know, now I don't know how much Arch is going to play, but those other three guys are right in the middle of everything, you know. So um, obviously, there's a lot of respect out there for Villanova, and I think there's been a lot of respect for the NBA the, by the NBA Villanova. I mean, I had seven guys playing the NBA, yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's something. I think we get good kids, and I think people know that in Villanova you get good kids. Kids that work hard and get good players. Yeah, Coach, uh, you know, we have four transfers coming in now, and we saw the blue and white scrimmage, some of these guys put their skills on display. Tyler Burton, TJ Baba, Akeem Harvey talked about. Yeah, I didn't even mention Tyler Burton. Yeah, I, I mean, these, these kids are legit. They're coming from other programs that aren't necessarily comparable to Villanova in terms of, like, just prestige and, and, and way they go about their culture. But you got to think that, all right, you're comparing to Rick Pitino. They're getting guys like Jordan Dingle, one of the best scorers in the country, and they're bringing back Soriano. So, hey, Coach Pitino has his track record. You got, you're going to think that these guys are going to fall in line and really produce when it comes to playing St. John's basketball. But at Villanova, it's a little bit different, right? We always have had guys that come in from high school, maybe redshirt a year, and develop from year one into year four. Now we have these four guys that just came in you know, months ago and now they're expected to go ahead and lead this team. How do you think it's going to play out for them? And, you know, that's that's a very tough – some guys have been really good with the portal. Look at Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley had a new – now this year he's still got his two best players are back this year, but he has – in the last four years, every year his best players were gone, and he had to reload again. And he does a great job of getting these guys ready to play in, like, you know, one season. You know, it, when I was coaching, it was about recruiting guys – and having them, and then they 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 stink as freshmen. They become good. As, no, it's true. They become better as sophomores. Then as juniors, they're really good. And as seniors, they're really good. You know what I mean? So there was a development. Now you got to be the kind of coach where you got to put this thing together quick. So you know that's where we have to see: Is Kyle going to be able? You have to be that kind of coach nowadays. If you go the portal route, you got to be that way. So now Kyle's got the challenge of get these new guys who are talented. And now you got to put them together quickly. Not like you're developing them. You got to do it now because these guys aren't even going to be around. But TJ Bamba was going to thinking of going to the NBA this year. Right. So you have to do this thing quick. So there's another challenge, especially for a, a young coach who's just getting his, I don't want to say his first shot, but it's basically his first shot, certainly his first shot in the big time. And uh, yeah, that's another challenge. And that's, but that's the, that's where we're at. So today, you have to be able to coach quickly today. 
Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, coach, coach, do you think he's going to be able to do it or what? Like, what are we looking? Yeah, at? no, I said it. I think I think Kyle is going to be able to do it. Okay. He's he he's a terrific teacher on the floor. I've seen him many times. He's a great person. He's smart. Um, he's uh, personable. There's no reason why he can't. But there's going to be a learning curve. There has right. to be. Sure. They had a learning curve. Everybody has. I everybody has a learning curve. So he's got a learning curve. The problem for him is he's coming in. See, when I came into Villanova in uh, 1992, I was replacing a legend, Roly Massimino. But things had gone a little stale his last few years. Right. You know, Jay left on top. It's not like things course. got stale. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like things got yeah. stale and Kyle comes in and people are like, all right, it was time for a change. It's like he left on top. So he's coming into a really, really hard situation. And he's got to do a lot of things on the fly. That's just the nature of what it is. But I think he, I think he will be fine. But there's going to be a learning curve. Yeah, me, me and A Ray, you know, we try to preach that that mentality here on Ray and Threes. But you know, Villanova fans, they're they're a very uh, you know particular bunch when it comes to expectations. So, well, yeah, don't, don't, worry, don't worry. I know that. I lived it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I you lived know, it. I'm the most. And I'd been around the progress in 1985 because I was an assistant there for right, Coach Massimino right. and the championship there. So I understand the expectations are high. It's a great school. Obviously, a tremendous tradition, which has only been enhanced in the last 10 years. But that also makes it a tough thing, especially it's a new day and a new age. Jay built those championship teams, like you said, red shirts, recruits, guys like that. Now you got to try and do it with transfer guys. It's a this <laughs> is all different. It's all different. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, but I feel like uh, like our our last recruits that we picked up, three star, four star, that kind of fits the mold of what Villanova has always done in the in the past. So I see Villanova trying to stick to their to their model as long as well as getting players out of the portal. So. Like I said, I think they're they're in a really good position moving forward. And uh, since we're talking about like recruiting and things like that, I want to talk about Tim Thomas. I want to talk about that whole situation and and how did that come about? I mean, Tim Thomas was one of the best players in the country at the time. Had a hella power five schools recruiting him. Like, how how did you guys get in the front run for for Tim Thomas, who also was? Villanova, a one-and-done player. Well, you know, Paul Hewitt was my assistant then. He did a great job. He was very friendly with Jimmy Salmon. And I, I'm not going to lie to you, we ended up having our basketball operations job open, and we hired Jimmy. Now, Jimmy had been around a long time. It's not like mm-hmm. we were hiring a guy who wasn't a basketball guy. I know so Jimmy. Obviously, I mean, that, 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 that tilted it. But the truth is, it was us in North Carolina through most of the year. Paul Hewitt did a great job recruiting him. Um... His family, great family, um, and and the, the truth is, I think Dean Smith, not not that he didn't want him, you know, he wasn't so sure, and even I wasn't so sure. It was different for us, you know, about being. He was one of those guys in those days. One and dones were like rare, yes. you know. So I mean, he he was one of the he was one of the first guys coming out of high school that everybody said he's only staying one year. He was one of the first guys ever like that. So that's, you know, that's tough too. And, uh, you know, because, you know, it was it was new territory for me. I was the type of guy, I was kind of like Jay. I recruited guys out of high school and we tried to develop them. 
and have him get better, whatever. Now you had this kid that was a phenomenal talent and a great kid, by the way. I love Tim. Tim was one of the nicest kids that I ever coached. Yeah. And, uh, um, but, you know, it, it, there was a lot surrounding that. And that was not easy because we also had three really good seniors who had won a lot of games and Jason Lawson, Alvin Williams, and Chuck Cornegay. And then you bring this highly bally. And, and, and Tim was great. They loved him. They yeah. loved him. But, you know, I'm not, it, we had really good chemistry. They got along really well, whatever. But, you know, when when you have a media day and everybody's surrounding this freshman who's never, you know, scored a basket, and now you got guys like Jason Lawson and Alvin Williams who, you know, been tremendous players of their own right, you know, so there are things that you have to think about as a coach that worry you. Yeah. Um, but Tim, as a person and as a player, I would do it again in a second. Because I, I, I loved him. I love him now. And, uh, you know, he, he texts me on Father's Day. Uh, yeah. Think about him. Think about this kid. He, he only played one year, yet he really loves going over. So, you know, um, he 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 was uh, a good one. Not a good one, a great one. Yeah. So you I, I, you mentioned that uh, you Dean Smith, you wasn't sure if he was so sure. And then you said you personally didn't know if you were sure either. Was it because of the aspect of him being a one and done and him leaving you dry or because maybe he wasn't a whole, the hype that everybody said, says it was. <laughs> oh no, I wasn't worried about that. All right. That I wasn't worried about because I had watched him since he's 14 years old. No, no, I wasn't worried about the hype. This guy, he, he was the real deal. There's no question about it. The thing I was worried about was we had Alvin, Jason and Cornegie all seniors. Now Tim comes in as a freshman. He leaves. You lose four guys like that in those days. No transfer portal. You know, how, how are you going to keep this thing going? Mm -hmm. So, and that's what happened to us. You know, we lost those four guys, and we really struggled the following year. Um, and that, you know, that 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 certainly takes a toll on you, and takes a toll on your program. So, in that regard, that was the biggest reason why I was, you know, hesitant was. You know, if we lose this kid, which is a good chance we're going to lose him, I, I yeah. was hoping obviously that he'd stay. But I mean, he was the seventh pick in the draft. What are you going to do? You know, um, you know, you, if you lose him, you you're in a, in the middle of a really hard rebuild. Yeah, yeah, and, and co coach, I mean, you had some some great seasons at Villanova. I mean, it, my my dad actually was there for when you took over for Raleigh, and his. First year after he graduated, you guys won the Big East tournament. You'd beaten teams like UConn, Florida, and you guys were on top of the world. And I think the the rivalry that we have now, Villanova and UConn, who you know the defending national champions, those guys are going to be a force to be reckoned with with Dan Hurley moving forward. But just to look back on kind of the the heyday of when you were there and Ray Allen and Kerry Kittles doing battle, I mean. That was a great rivalry that has now continued on to today. Can you give us a little bit of insight about what it was, what the intensity was with doing battle against UConn? You know, I'm not taking anything away from the present-day Big East, which obviously has been really, really successful. But that Big East was that was a whole that was a different deal. It's all right, in terms of in terms of talent, that was a different deal. We had how about this? So you know, we got a. Uh, Allen Iverson, Ray Allen, Kerry Kittles, John Wall in the league at the same time. You know what I mean? It just was, it was different. And the league now is good. Don't get me wrong. 
But yeah. I've talked to a lot of people around the country, and if you think of the Big East, talent-wise, just talent-wise, forget about the coaching, which is tremendous, forget about the team, but talent-wise, you look at the Big 12, a lot more guys getting drafted out of the Big 12 than getting drafted out of the Big East. The Big East has become successful because they are older. It's become an older league, which has really helped. Back in the day, this thing was loaded. I mean, Alonzo Mourning. I mean, every night was guys like that that you were playing against. So, you know what I mean? It was, it, that's what it was back then. And, and, you know, we had, we had some really, really good teams. You know, my, the problem for me was we didn't go far in the NCAA tournament. And when you don't go far in the NCAA tournament, you got a problem. And that's what happened to me. But we had, we won, people probably forget, but we, when we won the Big East tournament that year against Ray Allen, and Deron Sheffer and those guys, when we won that Big East tournament, we won we had that we won fourteen in a row in that right. Big East. In that yeah. Big East, we won fourteen in a row. So we were the hottest team in the country, and then we go <laughs> losing the first round to Old Dominion and triple that, overtime, you know, triple overtime game. And you know, just when you when you let me here's what I'll tell you. I always tell young coaches this: don't be the captain of the ship. In the most disappointing loss in the history of the school, because you're gonna have a problem. And, and and certainly, I was the captain of the ship in the most disappointing loss in the history of the school. Probably, I mean, if you ask people now, you guys are young, but if you ask anybody over forty, Villanova person, what's the worst loss you remember? They're gonna say that because everybody thought we were gonna win the championship day, and we get knocked out in the first round. And you know, it's funny. I, I remember like it was yesterday. Sometimes I get together with Alvin Williams and Jason Lawson and Eric Ebers, who were on that team, Jonathan Haynes, that were yeah. on that team. And we were up three with seven seconds to go. And uh, Jason Lawson fouled P.D. Sessons on a flyer three that had no chance of going in. He makes all three foul shots. We lose a triple overtime. So we're up three with seven seconds to go. Or nobody, or uh, truthfully, that team could have won it all. No doubt about that team could have won it all. So... But we get together with those guys and go to dinner. And to this day, I'll never the other when we, when we went out last year, Alvin says to Jason, he says, Yo, Jay, why'd you file that to <laughs> <laughs> Now this is nineteen ninety-five, a long time ago. And every Alan Al says, Jason, why'd you file it there? And what does Jason say naturally? Yo, I didn't touch him. Trust me, he found him. He found him. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, Coach, uh, that is just like an unbelievable season you guys had. doesn't take away. I know the loss was very disappointing, but you yeah, you guys had some amazing players, some awesome memories that you created by beating some some really in in impressive teams. You said 14 in a row in that Big East, going to the Garden, taking home the Big East Tournament Championship. I mean, it, it was it was certainly fun to watch. I wasn't even alive at that point. My, <laughs> yeah, my dad, so how long ago was? My dad loves to tell me about how special that season was, and uh, you know it doesn't doesn't take take away from the point that you guys had the, some great memories created. But I mean, coach, it, it, it it's it's slept on how many incredible Villanova guys that you were able to have there at the time with Kittles, with Lawson, with Tim Thomas, like we talked about. Kerry Kittles. I mean, th this is a this is a Villanova legend, right? I mean, you got you got to coach the legend. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I have his jersey. Like it's just it's all. I'm wearing the the '90s hat. Yeah, I see you, coach. Like this is this is something where like you know people don't talk about it enough. And Kerry Kittles obviously had a great career in the NBA. He was 
a little bit hindered by injuries, but can you tell us a little bit more about Kerry specifically and what made him so great? Well, the, the thing that made him great was, number one, he's if he's not the smartest player I ever coached, he's one of, without a doubt, one of the two or three smartest players I ever coached. This guy was a basketball savant. And our style was really good for him because we ran motion. And, you know, motion, as you guys know, is, you know, a lot of freelance. But you got to make reads. You got to know where you're going. It's not like you're going anywhere. You know I mean? You got to know how to play. And Kerry Kittles was unbelievable at knowing how to play. Whether it was back door cuts, coming off screens, ready to shoot. He could read a defense and how he was being played better than anybody. So he was so smart basketball-wise. Now, throw in there an unbelievable athlete. I mean, at 6'5", skinny, skinny, no doubt, <laughs> fast, quick, great defensive anticipation. I mean, he would run, when he went out on a fast break, you'd think like he, he's getting from one end to the other, and he had these long strides. You'd yeah. think he's getting from one end of the court to the other on like four steps, <laughs> and he was only 6'5". Um, but just a tremendous athlete, great shooter coming off screen. Now, we were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country because we had him and Ebers, Eric Ebers, who was a great three-point shooter on our wings. And he was just, he could come off the screen and he could J anybody. And, uh, you know, coupled, and, you know, he was our leading rebounder. I mean, here we had a guy like Jason Lawson at 6'11", who went <laughs> to the NBA, and Gary was our leading rebounder. He averaged like seven rebounds a game. And the thing about it was he never, he was an unbelievable lad. He never got tired. Never. So one time, I'll never forget, in the game, he, ready, he gets, coach, 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 you know, take me out. I said, why? He said, I'm tired. I said, you don't get tired. <laughs> tired? You don't get tired? What is that? And he didn't. He met, that was once in his career. He never got tired. And he was saying, like, we play in Pittsburgh. I'll never forget this Gerald Fieldhouse. And we're down, like, the whole game. We're playing terrible, terrible. He's got, like, four points. There's like five minutes to go in the game. He scores like 24 in the last four minutes of the game. So, I mean, he he had that kind of explosiveness. He could really shoot it. Great kid, but really, you know, talent is important, no doubt. But if you got talent and brains, now you really got something going, and that was Kerry. What was his work ethic like, like off the court? I mean, on at the practices, at the games? Like, what kind of work ethic did he have? Tremendous work ethic. I mean, he really wanted to be a great player. Um, you know, that was the thing about that team in general. You had Kerry, you had Alvin, Alvin Williams, Jonathan Haynes, and no, James no way Alvin was putting in extra work. <laughs> no way Alvin was. Let me tell you something. But those, those guys, they were animals. They would go Alvin, Jason, Jonathan Haynes, even more than Kerry. Kerry was a worker. Don't get me wrong. But those three guys that we had on the team were those guys would play ball at like, you know, three o'clock in the morning. If you call and say, hey, we got a good game come, those guys were there. Um, so, yeah, those guys, Kerry was too, don't get me wrong. But those three guys, for all the years that I coached as ballers, they were at a different level. Now, I could tell because when I was a freshman and even like sophomore at Villanova, they used to come in and play with us all the time, those same guys that you just, just <laughs> named. And uh, I was just giving Alvin Williams some mess. Cause I, I know he's gonna hear this and he's gonna call me, but uh, yeah, I, I know those guys are hard workers, definitely looked up to those guys too. I mean, your teams was the reason I wanted to go to Villanova. I mean, I watched Kittles, 
Alvin Williams. You know, I really, it was close to home. I used to watch you guys all the time. Alvin, um, not Alvin, Kerry used to have the sock, once high sock, one, one low one sock. Down. I used to love those uniforms. So cool. Yeah, I, I, I loved everything about it. But when I got that recruiting letter from you guys, it hurt my heart. It hurt, it, it hurt my heart. You remember, you remember which letter I'm talking about? No, whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to say something here that's going to get me mad? Whoa, 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 what's No, no, no. <laughs> All right, so... So there was a, there was a, it was my sophomore year in high school, I wrote a, I wrote a letter to 10 other colleges that I wanted to go to, Cincinnati, Villanova, North Carolina, all these guys. Not every school got back to me. Some schools did. Some schools even came to see me play. That's why I'm at St. Raymond's. But I got a specific letter from Villanova, right? And it said that we're we're kind of, we, we already have our recruits, primary recruits for the year. And basically, you know, like, thanks for your interest. And I took that letter and I hung that letter up <laughs> on my door, on the inside of the door when I was in, in high school for the whole time. And every time I passed, I had to leave my room. I had to look, I looked at that letter. That letter really, it really motivated me a lot to, uh, to really wanting to prove myself. But now looking back at it, I mean, I know, I know it's not a letter that you wrote personally, you know, and I understand I was young. I wasn't really on the radar. So I'm, I'm sure you guys didn't know who the hell I was, but I definitely appreciate that letter coming to my <laughs> house because it, it motivated me so much. And I, I wound up going to Villanova anyway. So yeah, it, you know, it worked out. Here's what I can tell you. Uh, you know, I was always very cognizant of when I recruited, if I make a commitment to a guy that, that, you know, about where he's going to be in the program, that that's where he's going to be. You know, we didn't have guys transferring out and things like that because the, you know, what, what I told them didn't come true. On the other hand, that's why I'm making my living with a microphone now instead of coaching because I make mistakes <laughs> like that with you. Nah, I mean, I wouldn't take it. I, I wouldn't take it, take it like that coach. Don't take it so hard. You know, it's just, I just, uh, because I've got other letters from other schools too. And like, I know you didn't personally write that. I know that, that like schools do stuff like that, but right. I'm just saying, you know, it just, it just motivated me. And like, it, it could have gave me that push that I needed to really be the player that, that, um, that I am. So I just wanted to like turn it into a positive and say how it helped me. And I wound up going to Nova anyway. So it, everything worked out. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm glad I was able to help you at least somehow. <laughs> it was all part of the plan. Hey, yeah, it was. It it was. <laughs> it was. But I enjoy watching your teams for sure. Like I appreciate that. Definitely the reason why I wanted to to play at Villanova for sure. Hey, coach. Uh, I I you know you talk about being so close with uh, Ed Cooley, and he obviously right now is. The talk of the town when it comes to Big East basketball drama, January 27th, he goes back to the dunk in Providence and bringing those Hoyas with him. It's it, The tickets are selling for thousands of dollars. Everyone's trying to resell them, sell them to get in there. I mean, can you tell us about some of the, the anticipation, the hype around that game and, and what it's going to mean for the Big East? Well, you know, the, the thing about Ed is, is not only did he do an unbelievable, let's understand this, they should be very happy that they had Ed Cooley there because he did things that 
And they've had right. great coaches. You just, they've had Dan, Dave Gavitt, they had Rick Barnes, they had mm-hmm. Rick Patino. They had a lot of great coaches. Nobody went to the NCAA tournament like five years in a row like he did. Nobody. I think it was five in a row. So he did an unbelievable job there. But the thing about it is the fact that he was born there and raised there, that's what makes this thing even, you know, more insane when January 27th <laughs> comes because, you know, I think people thought, and he, I do too, and I, I know the man well that he was going to be there forever. And, you know, then, you know, the Georgetown job opens and, you know, I was a little surprised, you know, to be honest with you, but I understand sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just time for a change. Yeah. Plus, you know, there is a legacy at Georgetown. You know what I mean? When you think about John Thompson and what he meant to the game of basketball. And to, so there, there, there is a, a certain legacy about, especially for an African-American coach, in my opinion, to be under, you know, in that family of John Thompson, you know, I'm, there's enough, there's a, there's a draw there that's beyond basketball. So I understand why it did it. It had nothing to do with money. He was making plenty of money where he was. I know he's probably making more now, but I don't think that was the issue. I think it's got more to do with being a part of that John Thompson legacy and how important that felt for him. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Go ahead, OC. No, I, I was just going to talk about Georgetown and St. John's. You you talk about legacy. You talk about program prestige and how long they've been relevant. And, and Coach Lapis, we talked a little, a little bit earlier about how just intense the Big East was. I mean, I, I got so fired up this week. We had Bill Raftery on last episode. Now we're at, we're talking to you, Coach. I mean, it, it's it's I, I'm I'm itching to get basketball started. I was watching the great thirty for thirty requiem for the Big East with Dave Gavin talking about yep. the, the, the you know Raleigh Massimino, John Thompson, Luke Carnesecca. I mean, the, the 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 level of intensity of of just and lore that the Big East had for basketball just nationally speaking back then is is unbelievable and St. John's and Georgetown were at the forefront of that and now you look back at the last 10 20 years when when coach Wright was running the Big East with Villanova Georgetown and St. John's were were not up to par right and St. John's was searching searching for for a head coach finally they have one in Rick Pitino and immediately before they even play a game they're making a crazy amount of noise off the court, and and, and now we're, we're getting excited, right? Ed Coy's at Georgetown. Rick Pitino's at St. John's. These guys have an opportunity to bring back what that legacy for the Hoyas and the Red Storm really means, and I think, like you said before, it, it's 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 really just a matter of time. The, the, the league needs St. John's and Georgetown to be good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, the, with the tradition that they both have, the league needs them to be good. I mean, I, I did a game last year at Georgetown. It was a 9 o'clock game on CBS Sports Network. I'm telling you, I don't know if there were 1,500 people in the building. Right, right. Damn. And and you know what? I love Patrick Ewing. And I think Patrick Ewing is a good coach. He had some kids leave, a pinjo leave. There's, there's some luck. Everybody assumes that if a guy gets fired, he can't coach. That is absolutely not the case. There's so much luck involved, in this, especially nowadays, you know, McClung leaves, Kinjo leaves. He had like he would have had the best backcourt in the country. Instead, he's got neither one of those guys star all over. So just could never get it going. But I think the Big East need those two programs to be good. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and like you said, with uh, Ed Cooley going over there, I, I really feel like that was kind of like a legacy move too. And I kind of think he understood like what could the potential with him going to to Georgetown and getting that program back up. Because a lot of guys like like Ed Cooley, you know, like you said, he's a good guy. Oh, yeah. Some recruits love when he was at Providence, he was recruiting well, then hit the portal well and was able to get guys to gel in that one year, like you were saying earlier. So I, I think it was a real good move. I think Ed Cooley knows that he can build that program back up. And I would definitely love to see Georgetown back up in, the, in high in the ranks in the Big East as well as St. John's too. And, you know, I, and I will say this too. I think Georgetown made a big mistake with JT3. You know what I mean? Yeah. JT3 was a really good coach. You know, and, and think about, he was like, Making the NCAA tournament, get knocked out early—that wasn't good. Yeah. Then what happens for the next few years? Can't even get, can't even sniff it. Except when they won the Big East tournament that year, a couple of years ago, uh, when Patrick was there. So you, that also tough. The fact that I think JT three was a, you know, and to be John Thompson's son on top of it, and they let you go like that with the record that he had. He went to the Final Four, or whatever. So I wasn't a big fan of that move. I can tell you this: I think JT three. He's a heck of a coach. Yeah, I mean, he was good. I, I felt like uh, Pat Ewan was a little too relaxed. I mean, maybe I could be wrong because I wasn't in the locker room. I'm just going off what I see on TV. But I just felt like he was a little too too relaxed. And I felt like the players played that well, that way too on the court. Yeah, you know what? One, one thing that, that... But not saying he's not a good coach. You know? Right, right, right. No, I understand exactly what you're saying. But, you know, sometimes... What happens too is you you're in the NBA. The NBA you got to have a different mindset. You know what I mean? Because you're playing 80 games, and you know tonight you get blown out by 30, and tomorrow you got to be ready to play again. Whereas in college you get blown out by 30 tonight. I can kill you for two or three days before you play. Before play the next day, you can't do that in the NBA. So, you know it's it certainly is a different mindset from how you deal with people psychologically. No doubt. Yeah, coach Coach Wright was real big. He was a do it again guy. Like he was real big on do it again. Again, again, like if if we didn't get it right, defensive rotations again. Um, we didn't make the right pass again. Do it again. Like every everything was so detailed with him, and I, I think that's why you know we we was a really good team, and I, I would have hoped to seen some of that from um from from Pat being a little bit more strict with them guys, knowing like his his background, Knicks hard, tough. I'm sorry, but he 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 wasn't he wasn't tough at uh, at Georgetown in my opinion. And he worked for a lot of tough guys. I mean, he worked with yeah. Van Gundy, he worked with Pat Riley. You know, what they, I mean? exactly. I mean, exactly. He was around some really really good coaches. Exactly. You remember, hey Ray, he was like, "Have you practiced that shot? When have you shot that shot? Or did you practice that? Take that shot?" Exactly. <laughs> that was one of the best like mini rants. And I think what you're talking about is like. Man, I want to see more of that. You ain't that cooked yeah. walk. Let's get it. But that's that should have been that should have been. Um, what did I tell you about that shot? Have you like, ever shot that shot? Yes. <laughs> like he's saying it. Like okay. Yeah. So it should be. He should have addressed that already. It sounded like the way he was saying it. Like it's never been addressed. Like this is the first time. Right. Like, it was so late in the season. Like shouldn't be shooting no shots anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well. Coach, uh, obviously you're doing some great work at CBS Sports. 
Can you give us a couple games that you have circled on your calendar that you'll be on the call for? Well, I don't get my schedule really for another couple of weeks, so I don't okay. know yet uh, okay. where we're going to be. But I, you know, it, we always have some good ones. I was fortunate enough to do the uh, the Purdue fairly Dickinson game last year in the NCAA tournament, right. which right. is some unbelievable games to do with a one sixteen. So um, I'm sure there'll be some good ones as there always are. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it, Coach. I mean, basketball season just around the corner. The countdown is on. Bill Nova tips off. November 6th, under a month away. It's unbelievable to think about how far we've come since now dealing with the, the loss to Liberty in the NIT. I don't even want to talk about that, but really, really appreciate your time today, Coach. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on, and uh, really, honestly, hopefully we can get back together down the line and talk uh, more Big E soups uh, in the middle of the season. We'll see. I'd love to. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good seeing you, Alan. Good seeing you guys. Definitely, Coach. Have a good, Have a good one today. Thank you. You too. Yes, sir. Best of luck uh, this year, Coach, and uh, we'll catch up soon, all right? You got it. Take care. Thank you. Coach Steve Lapis, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, hey, Ray, that was an absolute blast to have the coach of the 90s on with us. And, man, what a genuine guy. Just so much energy, so much enthusiasm. We really appreciate having Coach Lapis on with us, and we hope to do it again soon. Yeah, it was definitely good. I felt like this is something that to bring some value to the Nova community. This is this is a guy that we really don't hear from too much. Um, I I want to say I don't maybe kind of mysterious a little bit for <laughs> oh, for guy, yeah for like the older guys, the older generation, the younger kids. They might not know too much about about Lapis and his era, but. You know, hopefully now with this with this episode, you know, they could go back, check and 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 do some research, research on him. But I thought he was a, a really good guy. Um, I think he's a little bit too hard on himself. You know, <laughs> I like during the interview, I just felt like he was being hard on himself. But I mean, I, I understand if you're in the middle of Roly Massimino and and Jay Wright, you know, those are like two really big coaches. So there, there is going to be some, some criticism in between, especially, you know, those guys won national championships and he didn't. So, uh, I, I just think it was good for him to just get, get on here and, and talk about his experiences at Villanova. And we got to talk about Kerry Kittles and, and Tim Thomas. Overall, for me, it was it, it was great, and and I definitely learned learned a lot from him, and it was good it was good hearing from him because you only time you hear from him is on like you see him on CBS. So we got an episode for y'all with Steve Lapis. Uh, nobody right. else is bringing y'all that. That's right. No, absolutely, Ray. We're we're here for it, and he was kind enough to join us this morning, and we had just I mean that was a lot of fun I mean I, I don't I was smiling year to year basically the entire time and there were a few times for sure where I was like oh man I feel, I feel for the guy right yeah I'm I'm wearing my 90s Villanova hat for him I I, I almost busted out the Kerry Kittles 90s jersey as well but I thought that would have been a little overboard but yeah this guy genuine guy great coach a fountain of knowledge when it comes to the game of basketball knew what it was, the difference between he 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 went from taking a one and done in Tim Thomas. He was totally on board with when it comes to recruiting guys and 
and developed, developing them and turning them from a freshman who he was funny enough to say, oh, they stink as freshmen <laughs> and then they get better as sophomores and so on. But, I mean, Coach Steve Lapis, this guy is one of the best, I think, co color commentary guys in college basketball right now. Yeah. CBS Sports, and he, he does a great job on that network, whether he's in the studio, whether he's in the booth. I, I can't get over how awesome that went. I mean, I really kind of thought, I was like, okay, like, you know, he, he's really doing us a favor here. I think he really wanted to be on this platform to talk to a guy like you that really was, uh, you know, a mainstay that started, we talk about with Raph, that started the, the Villanova culture when it comes to the Jay Wright, Jay Wright era. And he, like you said, was Samus routine too, not just the greatest coaches in Villanova history, but... Big East, college basketball history, Raleigh Massimino and Jay Wright are up there when it comes to top 25 coaches of all time. For sure. It's 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 a short list of coaches. Those guys will be in the mix. And to me, I was really almost hurt. I wasn't even alive at the time. My dad talks about that loss all the time, right? Yeah. The old Dominion triple overtime loss. They were a three seed. Old Dominion was a four, 14 seed. They just came off the high of winning the Big East tournament in, in 14 games in a row, A-Ray. Right? That, yeah. that is so hard to do. I don't care what year you're talking about in the Big East. But that year was was loaded with UConn, with Georgetown, with St. John's. I, that was stacked like pancakes, A-Ray. She was. And literally, they were everyone's dark horse pick. Like, this team is scorching hot. Kerry Kittles. Jason Lawson, I mean, they were on fire. And to lose that game after being up by three with seven seconds to go and they lose on a, 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 a little nickel-dimer, as as Coach Rapp would say, mm -hmm. brutal, gut-wrenching. And they came back the next year and went 26-7. and seven. I know the success in the March Madness wasn't there for Coach Lapis and those teams, but, man, they had a lot of great games, a lot of – unbelievable wins winning the big east tournament is nothing to scoff at and i i'm just i'm so happy right now i'm i'm gushing over the fact that he was able to come on here and just be real right he he didn't yeah. sugarcoat anything he was talking about ed cooley we were talking about john thompson and we got into it we were talking mm -hmm. straight facts we were not being oh you can't say that you can't do this you gotta man i mean th this is what we do a ray this is what we're here for to, to get certain people on, whether it be a former Villanova head coach, whether it be a, an analyst, a former player, a current player, we want to talk facts. We want to know what is up in your mind. What do you What are you thinking about? What What are the the, the, the gut wrenching, heart powering, pumping questions that you want to talk about, and they need to be answered. Mm -hmm. And I thought we we did a we did a absolute nail in the freaking half hammer to the nail great job about what we wanted to talk about and he he kept it going for us we it was easy it was fun man that was oh i'm i'm, I'm going crazy right now i'm you are i'm tripping over my words right now but i'm i'm just so fired up about how well that went and i can't wait to have him on again coach lapis yeah definitely um we had a we had a good week we had a good week <laughs> Raining Threes had a good week, and Villanova had a good week with, with their commitment. So um, definitely great to have this this episode, and it's the 15th episode, right? That's right. Yeah. 
we we still going strong 15 15 episodes strong definitely happy about that appreciate the support from everybody um you guys been doing a great job and i see more people are starting to like follow and and listen to the podcast so i just encourage everybody to continue doing that and it just helps us get out there and be able to contact more people and talk to more and bring you guys more content uh you, you said in there we're we're going to continue to to do our best and it's been great to see the the amount of outreach we've been able to to get on instagram on twitter on all sorts of social medias and it's 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 been fun right i mean it's it's basketball it's just a game it's this is fun it is and to to, to talk Big East to talk Villanova, to talk about the landscape with the transfer portal and the NIL, with Seth Greenberg, Coach Raff, Steve Lapis. We had Colin and Jermaine on. And we're going to continue to bring this this content to you guys. So just keep keep supporting, keep giving showing us love, keep listening, and we're gonna we're gonna deliver. That's what we do, A Ray. That's what we do here at Rain and Threes. We For sure. Drive the paint. Kick it to me in the corner. <laughs> that's right. That's what I, that's what I do. I, I'm dry, dry the paint. I kick it to you in the corner. You knock them down. That's yeah. That's the bottom line, baby. And uh, you know the thing is, you know you got to support support the podcast by getting some merch. We we're gonna have hats, t-shirts, polos. We'll have everything for you guys as soon as we possibly can. The shipment is on the way as soon as it gets in. I'm gonna put that up. I already had the website ready to go, A-Ray. So all it takes is to finally get that stuff in stock, and we're going to launch, man. We're going to launch. Yep, and uh, I'm excited about that. Like I always say, go go cop you a hat. I love that hat. I love the way that hat feels. Um, and I don't know if you guys are going to be who's coming to Hoops Mania, but I think I'm going to try to get down there. So definitely would like to meet up with some some fans or anybody that's a fan of the show, fan of me, fan of Mike. Definitely got to set something up where we could link up with you guys, meet and greets, answer some questions, whatever the case may be. But um, that's something that uh, I'm working on now. And some, I'm going to call it HP, some high-profile guests. All right? <laughs> I, I'm on my grind right now. Yes, man. I mean, always, A Ray, always on your grind. For uh, I just, I just find it funny with, with with Coach Lapis, with Raf, with Colin, with Jermaine. I think the best content we had was unplanned, right? We had all these yeah. questions, we sent them over to them, and we're like, hey, this is what we're gonna talk about. But we just, we just kept it rolling, man. And these guys are great. We just thank them so much. You just heard Coach Steve Lapis, Bill Raftery, Coach Seth Greenberg from ESPN. Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels, I mean, those guys were phenomenal. And we just got got to give a big shout out, a lot of love to those guys. But anyway, I mean, we're 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 keeping it rolling. We're you know, hop on the reigning threes train, folks, because we are full steam ahead. For sure, like OC said, full steam ahead and pumping out content for you guys. That's right. That's right. And a Ray, we have. I feel uh, like I need a punchline or something like that. <laughs> We we don't want to get too corny here on Main Threes, but a lot, but I'd be seeing everybody be having their little punchlines. Well, I I saw uh, Tommy Godin. He tweeted, uh, "He's like, oh, it's raining threes here at the pavilion." I was like, "What did you just say?" I did see that. 
I retweeted it too. I I, I like that. I like that, Tommy. I do. Yeah, I read the reply with the the Dante. Oh yeah, yeah. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, but, hey, hey Ray, we're we're talking about meet and greets, man. We we're we're cooking something up for that Maryland game Friday night. We might might be doing something in New York City. We'll see. You know, who, who yeah. knows? We'll just keep keep circle that date on the calendar, and uh, you know, just make sure yeah. you're free Friday night. We might have something for you. We just gotta plan things, guys, because OC is one of the busiest people in the world. So, you know, we gotta plan around his schedule, oh, 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 oh. things like that. So. Just, just, just bear with us. Oh no. man, and 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 honestly, uh, shout out to our guy behind the glass making the magic happen, Nick McGow, Nick at night, as you like to call him, A Ray. He's he's making things happen for us. He's he's teaching me how to how to do this uh, production stuff when I can, and he's not available because talk about busy schedules. I mean, this guy, this guy is, is is something serious when it comes to uh, law and crime. Law and Crime Network, folks, check out Nick McGow doing his thing there. I mean, this this is unbelievable. Area. We're 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 we are a serious trio, a force to be reckoned with right now. How was that? Uh, how was that dinner with uh, your parents the other day? <laughs> it was great, man. Thank you for asking. We had a we had a lot of fun. I I showed up uh, forty five minutes late because of our research with with Bill, with Bill Raftery, but. Certainly worth it. They uh, they were very nice. They had a drink waiting for me, some sushi. It was it was a great night, man. Appreciate so we, you asking. So we ain't have Nick. We didn't have Nick for the uh, the episode with Raft. And, yeah, yeah. And OC was in the background, just taking care of everything, video, uh, uh, taking care of Skype, and and you know Raft's a little older, so. I mean, my mom. Yeah, he did. I mean, my parents were they in their sixties, and they don't know how to use nothing. So <laughs> you did your thing. You held. You held it down. You 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 got us going. You got the interview done. So I'm happy about that. That's what counts, right? And uh, and he was he, now Coach Raft, just one of the best. He's a national treasure. That guy, right? I mean, yeah. you can't get better than him. Onions, double order. Ooh. Man-a-man. Yeah, man and man is my favorite every time. Oh, right off the tip, man and man. English on it. What a kiss. Uh, <laughs> you, you, can't, you cannot beat those catchphrases. And he has a couple of those uh, trademarked, actually, which makes sense. You know, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, Ray, what a day. And, uh, you know, the, I'm so excited to get this content to you guys. Really appreciate you listening. Shout out to Susan Fowley. Susan is uh, one of our best supporters. She's always looking Super at stuff supportive. With, uh, with graphics and the UFO, the mothership. It's 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 phenomenal. So she's the best. Um, oh, and, she made uh, a she made a meme for me too. I haven't posted it yet, but ooh. it's yeah. She made she made something for me. So I, I I can't wait until the right moment comes when I could just post that. I'm trying to go viral. Try to go viral, bro. Come on. Yeah, I mean. We're we're uh, we're on the right path. I I like to think. I mean, hey Ray, I was out the other night. Someone came up to me. I had a Villanova hat on. He's like, "Hey man, you Villanova fan? You graduate from there?" I'm like, "Yeah, I graduated a few years ago." He's like, oh, "You look familiar, man." I'm like, oh, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Oh, uh, 
you like do any media stuff kind of thing? I'm like, oh yeah, I do the podcast. He's like, oh, that's right. You had uh, Seth Greenberg on. I work for ESPN. And I, yeah, I'm like, this is this is great, A Ray. We're 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 on our way, man. We're on our way. I don't get that. Like, if I'm in the supermarket, or something, I see North Carolina jersey. I'm in Atlanta, so I like North Carolina hoodies, North Carolina t-shirts, and like I approach these people too. I'm like, I'm like football, basketball, because you know you got to ask that down here. And a lot of people are basketball fans, and all I say is, I'm a Villanova fan, and the the faces they make is hilarious. But none of them ever recognize. Like they don't, they don't know who I am. Well, I mean, I have braids. I look completely different. But nobody knows who I am. But I always say that all the time. I'll be like, I'm a Villanova fan, and all the North Carolina fans down here, they're like, Oh my God, you guys cheated! You guys are so lucky! Wow, we're gonna pay you guys back. You guys didn't have a good year last year. Yeah. I mean, I think we owed them one, especially after '05. Exactly. We definitely did. And we got our payback. So I'm not tripping no more. Dude, I mean, the Carolina fans are everywhere. But, you know, that's the thing. Like, there's not many college basketball teams that have, like, a fan base for people that didn't actually go to the school or don't know anyone that went to the school. They just, like, are fans of them because they like them, like them as yeah. a team. Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, UConn a little bit. Yeah. Michigan, they all... Yeah, they all. I call them Laker fans. CLA. They all. Yeah, are I mean, Laker fans. Yeah. yeah, that's it's it's a similar type of mindset. You're right, and uh, it's just funny because Bill Nola starting to get to that realm in terms of uh, the Philly area. There's a lot of people I know that root for Villanova that didn't go there, and then they you know they went to to a different school. They're you know they're from the area. They like watching the team. They'll go to the games to the Pavilion, Wells Fargo. They'll tailgate. And uh, you know they'll be watching the game Xfinity live. So we're we're back, a Ray. We are back in a big way this year. I'm telling you, we're watch out for this team because everyone is saying. I think people that actually are really paying attention are like, okay, this team's gonna be good. Other people in the national media more so are saying like, ah, oh, yeah, the Big East is stacked. It's UConn, Marquette, and Creighton's league to lose. But watch out, the Cats, St. John's, and Georgetown. It's gonna be a fun season. There's one thing I want to address. You said you said Philly and you said we back. So last year I seen a couple of tweets about oh Villanova is not part of Philly. Like uh, you guys, you guys suck. Like y'all not Philly, right? But when we win, we Philly. <laughs> right? Last year we wasn't Philly. You but nailed it. In twenty eighteen we won that national championship, we was Philly. So I'm just want to know, like, are we Philly this year, or do we have to wait a couple of games for y'all to decide if we Philly this year? That's that's all I want to know. I mean, hey, I, I was kind of disappointed. Great. I was kind of disappointed in that, like, for Philly to disown Villanova like that because we was having a down year. But I love you guys, Philly. Don't don't take this and and try to come at me. I got love you guys. I was just hurt because you guys did it did want to claim us last year. And I'm speaking facts. Y'all did want to claim us. No, you're absolutely speaking facts. And it's funny. Same conversation I had that I referenced earlier about when I was wearing the no this hat actually. And they were like, oh they're like and then like one of the people that I was talking with also didn't know Villanova. So it was like funny. One of the guys like literally like recognized us 
remaining threes, and then another other person didn't know what, what Villanova was. I was like, oh, it's a small Catholic university outside of Philly. I, 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 said, I said, out, said outside of Philly. I think that's fair, right? You know, it's, a, it's, it's on the main line. It's not in Philly. It's outside of Philly. But the parade was in Philly, 2016, 2018. Mm-hmm. We play a lot of home games at the Wells Fargo Center in Philly, which is where the 76ers play, which is where the Philadelphia Flyers play. I think it's pretty fair to say that, that we should be claimed as Philly. I think, I think that's, that's completely fair. We play games at the Wells Fargo Center, right, Ray? Exactly. That's what I'm I saying. Mean, like, is, is Temple... LaSalle, we play, uh, the Blester is great. I love that place. I've been there a few times and I've had a great time. Those schools are in Philly. And Philly they're, they're don't even want to claim it. Yes, exactly, because they stink. That's what I'm saying. Five, City six, get your get your get your numbers up. We need that we need the, we need better Philadelphia basketball when it comes to Temple, St. Joe's, Penn, Drexel, LaSalle, shout out Coach Rath. Come on. Yeah. Get those numbers up. Or they could become part of our farm system. They could recruit guys that we're not really sure about, and they could have <laughs> like a good Tom, year. Like Tim it, Thomas, like yeah. Tim Thomas. They could have a good, a really good year, and then transfer to high school. They could go to transfer portal, <laughs> come to high school, and get NIL. So I think that would be great for the Big Five. Like you guys can recruit some of the players that we're not too sure about, and we can see how they develop. And if they eventually play good, then hit the transfer portal and come to Villanova. Right. It's a it's perfect system. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I mean, it's funny. My So my mom graduated from Fordham. My dad went to Villanova. My, Eric Pascal went to Fordham for a year, won 810 freshman of the year, transfers to Villanova. I was like, my dad was like, oh, Nicole, Fordham. And, 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 and that's Pepsi. crazy. I don't even know if a lot of people remember that that he he went there. No, people no, people have no idea. People don't people don't talk about that. He's a transfer. He transferred to Love, one of the one of the best players we've had yeah. in the last decade. In the Jay Wright era. Awesome player. Like and just funniest guy ever. We can need we need to have him on the show. Okay. We need to have Eric Pascal on the show. He is hilarious dude. After they won the tur- the tur- the title in eighteen, they came to our party the next night. Yeah, he was. He had everybody dying. Like <laughs> everybody shut. Everyone shut up. It was hundreds of people at the party, just all eyes on E. And he was. We had a we had a bracket up, uh, a Ray, whole, whole tournament up. He went game by game, round by round. He taught, gave a little recap of the game. Who played well? Who didn't play well? <laughs> uh, all the expectations. Everybody kicking stack to beat up. It was the funniest thing I've ever witnessed. I'll, I'll send you some videos. All right. I don't know they're, they're they're a little you know they're not they're not PG rated, but it's just hysterical content from Eric. We need to have Pascal on the show. So, chassis, and let's make it happen. We can make, make it, it happen. happen. We're gonna make it happen, anyway. That's this is what we do. Full steam ahead, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, folks, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the latest edition of Rain and Threes with Alan Ray. I'm your host, Mike O'Connell. Thank you guys so much, and we bid you adieu. Go Cats. Kick to me, and I'll hit the three.
<laughs> just came up with that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, oh man. Good. Hey, love you guys. Appreciate the support. We're gonna have merch coming out soon. Keep it, keep it, keep tuning in. Keep that support coming. Thank you guys. All right. Peace out.